You're listening to the second season of the study podcast with Dr. Paul Wegner on Genesis. I'm here with uh, Dr. Paul Wegner, who's going to talk to us about Genesis 3. I'm your host, Tyler Sanders. And as we always do, let's start off with a Hebrew word of the day. I knew you wanted that, so here it is. And today it actually works really well into our chapter 3. Um, it's our word, nahash. Okay, I, it's going to help yeah. you say it, so we yeah. had talked about it. With a it. guttural in the yeah, middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems pretty clear it's some kind of a serpent. Okay. Um, there are some uh, hints in the text. Uh, like in Genesis 3, 1, it says, and the Nahash was crafty from all the living things of the field, mm. um, which the Lord God had made. So it's actually telling us it's one of those things that God had made from the field. Yeah. So it's it's actually helping narrow down what the thing is. All right. But then I've got other passages. You mean like what it's it's narrowing down yeah, the meaning it, of the word Nahash? That, is yeah, a, that it's a created being. Okay. It's some kind of animal like the rest yeah. of the living things. Of oh, the I see, I see. Categorically. Yeah. yeah. And for some reason, it's more crafty than them. Hmm. So even that crafty is a word unusual for a serpent. Sure, but, yeah. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. All right. So in Exodus uh, chapter 4, verse 3, it says, Then he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. So that actually suggests it must be dangerous, or why would Moses even flee from it? Sure, yeah. Okay. Then in Numbers uh, 21, 6, it says, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. So... Uh, now, it does have the word fiery with it, yeah. but I'm not sure that the word fiery means, you know... It, it On can, fire or something? Yeah, well, it, it it probably means shiny. It can also mean to oh. be shiny. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. think, you know how serpents or snakes... Yeah, kind of a... Have sheen. a shine, yeah. yeah. So I think that's probably more of what it means. So at least, again, it's suggesting it's something dangerous, okay? All right, then we've got Amos. Oh, I love this one in Amos. Amos 5.19 says... And as a man, uh, as when a man flees from a lion and a bear meets him, or goes into a home, leans his hand on the wall, and a snake bites him, it's that same word. Yeah. So, so it sounds like it's as dangerous as a lion or a bear. Yeah. And it's talking about the day of the Lord going to get them yeah, one yeah. way or the other. So it does seem like they're all dangerous animals. Hmm. So I think that's probably what this is getting at. And so this is the first time it's used, but I still suppose it's got that connotation of a dangerous animal. Mm. And in this case, it's crafty. And it's kind of hard to know what crafty means for a serpent. Sure. But it must, you know, later on, this serpent is going to trick Adam and Eve. So, yeah. so, and so it sounds like it's got the one element that it needs to do that job. Yeah. So, so I think that's what it is. Now, the question is, Okay, is this a fable or is this a is this really historical? Sure. And and I would actually say I think it's really historical. We've got passages where God can make a donkey talk yep. with Balaam, mm -hmm. so I'm assuming that this is the kind of thing where, in fact, it doesn't really say that the animal talked. It actually says somehow they communicated. Hmm. And I'm assuming that maybe it even could be telepathy or something like that. You know, uh, animals can talk to one another. We know that whales can communicate with other whales, right? Yeah. So my understanding is that maybe before the fall, somehow Adam and Eve could communicate with the animals. Uh, it seems unusual that Eve doesn't say, oh, a talking serpent, what's going on? Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, although I, I was looking at the Balaam story, and when the donkey talks, Balaam doesn't go, oh, 
how come you're talking? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess, uh, you know, the story's only telling us the part it wants us to know. Yeah. So, so, but it still seems like it's, it's legitimate. It's some kind of way that the, uh, Adam or at least Eve can communicate with this serpent. And maybe before the fall, maybe we had some ability to do that to kind understand of understand or something. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, I doubt that, uh, God made voice box for the serpent and then took him away afterwards. Yeah, so, seriously. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. doubt it's that. It must be some more of a kind of thing. And we'll talk about that because one of the issues is, well, is this actually Satan or is it the serpent? And we'll talk about that. Okay. Okay? Yeah, so that's, that's good. That's where we are. We're with the Nahashes Nahash. Today. <laughs> yeah. Genesis 3 explains where sin came from and why mankind no longer has an intimate relationship with God. So that's big picture. Yeah. Okay? And we're only, today we're only going to talk about the serpent part, uh-huh. and then next time we're going to talk about the, the curse and things like that. Okay. Okay. All right. At this point, Adam and Eve do not know about Satan. I thought that was important for us to to actually set the groundwork. Um, in Job one and two, it talks about um, the the Satan, and in there, it's got an article uh-huh. instead. So it's not a proper name. You know, we, uh, when we talk about uh, people, we don't usually say the Tyler yeah, or something right. like that. So my understanding is that this is more of a function than it is a title at this point. Yeah. And so... Although it, my name does work as a function too. Well, that's probably... One who tiles. Yeah. <laughs> there, there. And John actually works that way too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So uh, in Job 1, 6, it says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and the Satan literally, also came among them. Mm-hmm. And then verse 7 says, And the Lord said to the Satan, From where do you come from? And then the Satan answered and said, From roaming upon the earth and walking around on it. Mm. So that's kind of the big picture. Then Zechariah talks about him. Uh, we see that he's the, Satan, uh, the, the Satan comes there in chapter 3. And then the next passage is in Chronicles. Now, in all those passages before it has the article, Chronicles actually no has doesn't have an article. It treats it more like a proper noun. Yeah, a proper name, I think. Mm. So by this oh, proper time, name, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now remember, Chronicles is written pretty late, yeah. probably 400 BC. So by that time, they would have probably of an understanding of this person who's constantly going against. You know, it. it Actually, Satan itself means adversary or something like that. So now, it, so before it would be the adversary and all these. Now we've got a specific adversary doing yeah. this, and now he's got a name. Yeah. So I think by the end of of the Old Testament, they do understand an adversary that goes against God and other people. But I'm pretty sure in Genesis they wouldn't have had that concept yet, and it was just more of a function. Yeah. So if that's true, that that helps set the the framework for what we're talking about then. Yeah. So, so and they, specifically, you mean Adam and Eve in yeah. the story wouldn't have had this concept of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so so what would they understand when they see the Satan? Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So in chapter uh, 3, verses 1 through 6, we've got uh, the serpent coming and tempting Eve. Okay. Yep. And uh, some of the things that are kind of... Uh, you can already see in their response how the serpent is crafty. Mm-hmm. Like, like, look what this says. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, From the, trees, uh, from the fruit of the trees of the garden of thee we may eat, but from the uh, fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said you shall not eat from it or shall you touch it or you will die. 
Now, a couple things that are important here. Notice um, he he's reshaping the, the question. So it makes it sound like God, oh, you, you can't believe that God won't let you eat from any of the trees of the garden. So he's basically overstating the, the prohibition. Yeah. And, and, and she now almost comes to God's side and say, oh, oh, that's not true. We can eat from them, but we can't eat it or touch it. Notice she's actually yeah, yeah, also yeah. doing what the serpent was doing by, yeah. by adding more to it. Yeah. So it's interesting. She, even though it's subtle, she got caught off guard and actually adds something. There's some confusion. Yeah. Yeah. And it, now I, I need to say this because I don't know, you know. Remember when God talked to Adam and told him not to eat from the fruit of the garden? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's possible that because Eve wasn't there. Yeah. So maybe when Eve came, Adam said, now don't eat it and don't even touch it. Yeah. So, so I don't know that for sure. But it does sound like she's doing what the serpent's doing. She's adding to what yeah. God said. I mean, I could. I think it would even be, I could see a rationale that in the moment, uh-huh. just talking back and forth, like when she responds, yeah. she makes that, she kind of changes a little bit to kind of yeah. make it stronger or whatever, how she conceives it. You yeah. Know? Or even to help, uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. to make it sound like, oh, no, almost like she's, st- she's helping God. Right. You know, um, uh, you know, of course we can eat from the trees, but we can't eat from this tree and can't even touch it. You yeah. know, it's possible. She's yeah. Doing it. So, but it sounds like, it sounds like she's doing what the serpent is doing. Yeah. Already she's getting caught, I think. And then um, the next one he says, uh, verse four, and the serpent said to the woman, you surely shall not die. And that's kind of interesting in the Hebrew. Um, First of all, I need to tell you that's a half truth because he's probably playing on that word die. She's not going to physically die right away. Mm. But in the biblical text, to die means to be separated from God. And that will happen. So so it's almost like a play on the words. She's not going to die physically, but she is going to die. Yeah. So so it's that it's that I would say it's a half truth, and we all know that a half truth is a lie, right? Yeah. So <laughs> okay. But I wanted to tell you about the Hebrew. The Hebrew is is you know, there's some really emphatic ways of saying um, that you shall not die. And and it's it's when you put an infinitive before the main verb, and that's what we have okay. here. So this is uh uh, and then he, and then he added not to it, not surely die is almost literally what it means yeah. or sounds like. And uh, it's, I, I think of it as when it, you know when you talk to a kid and they they don't really want to do it and they just say not you know, yeah, so, you yeah, know yeah. like like oh do you want to go to the store not you know <laughs> I always think it's that kind of a response yeah but anyway it's it's letting us know that it's almost almost like a mockery of what God said, it seems like. So it's, once again, clearly overstating, but almost like, oh, you don't really believe that, do you? Oh, I see. So it's almost coming across that way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then the next one, Uh, in Genesis 3, 5, it says, um, uh, yeah, here it is. For for God knows that in the day of your... uh, You eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, he, he's, he's very careful what he says. You will be like God. He could have stopped there. Mm-hmm. But he makes it real clear, knowing good and evil. Yeah. Now, Eve, to this point, had never known evil. Uh, and, and she probably doesn't, don't have got any idea what it is. Yeah. 
but she thinks that if if she if God's withholding it from her, it must be bad or or something that mm. she may want. You okay. know, you know, um, if she'd have thought about it, maybe she would have thought, well, maybe this is something God doesn't want me to have, and I should stay away from it. I don't think she thought about it. I think the way the serpent is talking to her, she's getting the idea that this God is trying to withhold something from her. And, yeah. And he's kind of already led up in that way, too. Yeah. So I think that's what's happening here. Well, and it's, it's interesting because it's, I mean, is it an overstatement to say that this is how the serpent is trying to define God? Oh, maybe. That, like, that's kind of he, what he, makes him God is knowing good and evil. Okay. And but, that's how you will be like him is if you eat this, you'll know good and yeah. evil. And, and he, he might even be saying, here's a sovereign God who wants to keep stuff from you. Yeah. And so in that sense, he's he's like the big honcho, and, and he doesn't want you to yeah. have some of these good things. Well, yeah. but we also know that that's not the only thing that makes God yeah. God. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I thought it was interesting. You can see what he's doing. And yeah. It's just, it's just wrong. Yeah. Okay? All right. The next uh, passage in verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and, he also, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I wanted to show the progression of sin. First John uh, 2.16 has the same kind of progression. Oh, interesting. Uh, he says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of light is not from the Father, but from the world. Yeah. And what I was trying to show is, look at... It's parallel. Uh, yeah, the tree is good for food. That's the lust of the flesh. Uh-huh. It was a delight to the eyes. That's the, the lust, of, lust the of the eyes. Yeah. And then desirable to make one wise, the boastful pride of life. Mm. So I thought it's interesting to see that Yeah, connection. it's kind of a parallel. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now here's the question. Who is that serpent? Yeah, that is a good question. <laughs> All right. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to do, uh, say one thing before I... Okay. I, I answer that question. In Genesis 3, 6, remember at the end it says, and she gave to her husband with her, mm-hmm. um, and he ate. Um, the Hebrew is probably used as a compliment, meaning Adam wasn't standing right there, but he ate with her. She ate, and he ate. So I think the emphasis is not that he's standing right next to her while, um, while this Eve conversation is, yeah, why is Eve is sinning and he, he doesn't step in. I've heard sermons that say, yeah, yeah. here's, here's, here's Adam standing right next to her and he doesn't even right. stop her. It's this passivity. Yeah. That's his kind of sin or whatever in it. Yeah. 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 But I think it's that he, uh, you know, as she, she gave it to be, to, to eat with her in the sense of she ate, now he's going to eat too. So I think that's probably what it is. Now, I can't tell from the Hebrew that Adam is standing right there, but I've certainly heard that in sermons. And yeah. I, I just think that's probably not the way to go. Yeah. Okay. I wanted okay. to get that out of the, the yeah. way because you always hear that. You do, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's my three. Uh, I've got three good possibilities. I don't think myth is probably really fair. Um, I don't think they would have had that category of a myth. Uh, we, we do, and we explain things like that, Yeah, but I don't think that's an ancient concept. They had, when they had in their minds, the gods and humans were intermixing all the time. Gods were always behind what was going on in, in real life. Yeah. So I doubt that they would have even had that category of a myth in their minds. I don't even think they knew what it was. Meaning that as they look back at the story, yeah, early, 
early people in Israel wouldn't have thought this right. is a myth, yeah. meaning like it's actually a serpent that speaks or something like yeah. that? Or... Yeah, it, it, if you think about it, that's what actually in our minds makes it a myth because yeah, yeah. animals talking seems to be in what we consider myths. But I don't think that would have been a normal response for them. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I just want to get that one out of there because I don't think it's fair, but that one you hear a lot also. Yeah. Okay, here's my three that I think are really good possibilities. Okay. One, it's a serpent. Okay. okay. Uh, it seems to have the best evidence from the context. Um, if you look at it later on, it, it, well, first of all, it says he's craftier than all the animals of the field, which the Lord God had made. Yeah. So it's equating them with the other animals sure, that yeah, God yeah. had made. So I think that's one thing. But then later on, when you get to the curse, he's going to uh, crawl on his belly. Uh, he's going to eat dust yep. all the days of his life. Mm-hmm. So it seems like to me that has the best evidence for it. Okay. Um, later on, he actually says, um, because you have done this. So he, it's something that the serpent did that makes him culpable that now he can be punished for it too. Okay. So yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then number two, it's compared to the other animals. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, curses correspond to the serpent crawling on his belly, eating dust, enmity yeah. between uh, snakes and mankind. Um, and in, in, in uh, the New Testament, it actually says... Uh, in Second Corinthians eleven three, and I brought that here so that you could see it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's my evidence. Equated with the rest of the animals of the field. Okay, uh-huh. crawl in his belly, dust you will eat. Um, but he talks. Uh, so, uh, but I put on here. God can make donkeys talk. So I'm assuming yeah, an animal could, an animal yeah. can be made to talk. All right. Um, Eve does not seem to be startled. Uh, did they commonly communicate animals? And then I put more like maybe telepathy. All right, here's the next one I wanted to show you. Um, in Numbers, it says that the donkey saw the angel of the Lord and he laid down under Balaam. So Balaam was angry and struck the donkey with a stick and the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. So I thought it was interesting. That one makes it real clear that the angel of the Lord actually forced the donkey to talk. Right. So, or, or helped allowed it allowed or him to talk. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's a better word. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So what was the passage we were going to look at? Oh, Second I, Corinthians yes. 11.3? Oh, and I don't have it there. Oh, no. Uh, so oh. let's look it up. <laughs> Whoever gets it first was better at Bible drill, I think. Yeah, that's for sure. I can't even find Wait, it Wait, 2 Corinthians 11.3? Yeah. I got it. All right, you win. Just that one verse? Yeah. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his, cra- by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. So notice in that passage, it actually says the serpent. Yeah. So you've got a New Testament text explaining it as a serpent. Yeah. So I think that's pretty strong. Yeah. Okay. Second, it could be Satan. Uh, And usually the logic goes, why would a good serpent want to trick Eve? Because remember, up to that point, everything in the garden is good. Yeah. So how come this serpent now is wanting to trick Eve, okay? And does he just want to practice trickiness? That doesn't seem logical. So, so yeah. I assume that's what they... So there's a motive question, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then some New Testament pack, passages seem to allude to this passage. Mm-hmm. Now, that's what people have said, but let's look at some of them. I don't think it's quite as clear as what they think. Okay. The, Ro- the Romans uh, 16, 20 says, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. So... People have looked at that crush Satan and they and they like say... Like the curse. Yeah, go back to, to the, the curse. curse. Yeah. But notice that this is future. 
he will crush Satan under your feet. Mm-hmm. So the idea is it hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen. Yeah. So my understanding is that this is talking about a future time when Satan is defeated, not a, not a past time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's not really talking about our Genesis 3 passage at all, I don't think. But you don't think it could be an illusion? Yeah, something like that kind of. It's really hard to know uh, yeah. what illusions are. Yeah, sure. And, yeah, yeah. And and if they're doing that, but by its even if it is illusion, he's saying that this is future that he's yeah. going to crush him. Yeah. So it's it's clearly not referring to the Genesis three at that event. Point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Revelation twelve uh, verse nine says, "And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him." This is the one I see everyone go back to. Yeah, yeah. And let me go to that passage because the context. I think is interesting. So if you go to Revelation chapter 12, if you, if you look at uh, like the first part of it, we're talking about um, there's a, a, a woman uh, in, in, yeah. in chapter 11 mm-hmm. or 12 verse 1. Uh, it says uh, she's clothed with the sun and moon under her feet and on her head is a crown of 12 stars. My understanding is the 12 stars suggest it's Israel and that she's going to be have a child. So mm-hmm. the understanding is that Christ is probably, you know, is coming out of Israel and yeah. going to be born. And then you've got the dragon, which is probably Satan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you've got, at verse 5, you've got this male child who's, um, it says, and she gave birth to a son, a male child who is the, to rule the nations with a rod of iron. See, that's pretty clear. That's talking about Christ and picking yeah. up that passage in Psalm 2, I think, mm. referring to uh, this one who's going to, yeah. Uh, rule, and yeah. I think that's that turns out to be Jesus. I, initially, I don't think it was, but I think it in the New Testament that's how it's re- it refers to him. Yeah. So, so it seems like we're pretty clear now. It's talking about the birth of Christ, and then you've got this angel warring with heaven and stuff, and then verse nine, it says. Uh, and the devil who deceived the whole world was thrown down to the earth, and the angels were thrown down with him. So it, it sounds like to me in the context, this is talking about when Christ was born, and the child is going to defeat Satan, and he's going to be you know, defeated and, and, and probably even cast out of heaven. Uh-huh. So I don't think this is talking about um, Satan's uh, clear back in Genesis 3. I think, it's, again, it's talking about a future time. When Christ is, well, I don't think it's future now. I think Christ has defeated him. Now, whether Satan is cast out of heaven yet, I don't know. I assume that could be a future thing. Mm-hmm. But for sure, it's it's in the context of Christ's defeat of Satan. Does that make sense? So it's it's not it's not going back to Genesis. It's yeah. talking about a different time period. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then Revelation 22, and he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. So again... I don't think that's referring back to the Genesis 3 passage. What I just wanted to show, uh, you know, even if they're alluding to it, yeah. I, I don't think they're they're actually explaining it or anything like that. It's most of them are talking about a future time when these things are going to happen. Okay. Okay. So I thought it would be helpful to get some of those out of because those are the evidence people use. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Now, the but more, you're saying that referring to Satan as a serpent is not directly a reference back to Genesis Yes, 3. That could be some other kind of description yeah, or, or getting some other kind of, you know, 
I, adjective kind of connected him well, to describe I, who he is. I call it progressive revelation, where the the more you you get this inf- this more av- information mm-hmm. is added, so that by the end you do have Satan being connected with that serpent of old. Yeah. And, and and I think you get that in Isaiah twenty seven one, where the mm-hmm. Leviathan is called the twisted and fleeing serpent. Yeah. So I think those images are then picked up and applied to Satan at the end. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I see. So, but it, but I don't think they would have had passages- that aren't necessarily you're you're kind of saying like these passages aren't like directly explaining back yeah. Genesis yes. three. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. But which people have used to say these allude to them and I don't yeah. think it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now there is one, it's called the Wisdom of Solomon. And um, which is an apocryphal book. Mm-hmm. And in chapter two, uh, first, I'm going to read the context so you see what's going on. Okay. Thus they reasoned, but they were led astray, for their wickedness blinded them. And they did not know the secret purposes of God, nor hope for the wages of holiness, nor discern the prize of the blameless souls. For God created man for incorruption and made him in the image of his own eternity. But through the devil's envy, Devil's envy, death entered the world, and those who belong to this party experience it. So they they're arguing that that they thinking that when it talked about the devil, it's brought sin into the world. Yeah, and so they would go back to this passage, I think. Yeah, but once again, it's an apocryphal book, and, right? And I don't think we need to worry about it. Yeah, depend on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So. So is it Satan? All right. Um, I do argue that the earliest interpretations of it, going back to that wisdom of Solomon, do mm-hmm. think suggest it's a devil. All right. Uh, Satan or the serpent can communicate with Eve and think, which goes beyond a normal serpent can do. Yeah. Now that's a pretty good argument, and it would seem like to me, you know, how can that happen? But remember, uh, the angel of the Lord can actually make uh, Balaam's donkey talk. So I'm wondering if, if somehow. Um, I think that's possible. An angel could make it talk. Um, Mm -hmm. But at this point, I'm not even sure we need to worry about if this is before the fall, maybe Adam and Eve could do things that we can't do today. Yeah. So I think that's at least possible. And we've talked about the telepathy kind of thing. And like in the story of the donkey, it does say how it happened. Yeah, yeah. And we don't get any kind of explanation in Genesis of why this kind of unexpected thing would happen this way. Yeah. Okay. 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 So that's the evidence for that one. Okay. Third option. This option is mine. Okay. This is the one I believe. You always save yours for last. That's right. <laughs> I believe it's a serpent used by Satan. Okay. And we'll have to talk about that in a minute. But it does. It does say the serpent was uh, is tempting and seems to suffer the consequences. Right. He's going to crawl on his belly and yeah. stuff like that. Um, Satan could be using a serpent to trick Eve. Um, um, you know, if he was there. She probably wouldn't be so tricked, but he uses an animal that that could, you know, uh, he could he could hide behind, and she won't be so susceptible to saying, "Oh, if it's Satan, I certainly don't want to talk." Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. she probably wouldn't have even who Satan was, but maybe an animal be, would be less of a danger, probably to yeah. her. So, okay, um, uh, maybe the serpent is merely par- parroting. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Three is curses are clearly on the serpent, but we've talked about yeah. that. And then maybe the serpent is merely parroting back uh, to Eve what Satan told him to say. Okay. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. And then serpent is said to be crafty, the perfect characteristic that Satan needs to use in this context. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, because of that verse, uh, uh, 
in, in chapter uh, uh, 3, verse uh, 14, because you have done this, and then the curses, mm-hmm. cursed are you uh, more than all the cattle and all that. Yeah. My understanding is that at some point, he, the serpent has to be culpable, meaning... That's the exact word I was about to ask yeah. you, actually. So, so, so at that point, the serpent either said, you know, when Satan comes to say, I'm going to use you, and, and what do you think of that? And he's, the serpent seemed to be okay with it. So then he can... So at some point, he's culpable enough that he can reserve, re, uh, receive the curses. So it, even though it's still Satan behind him doing it, He's got a choice to make. Am I gonna am I gonna parrot back what the serpent tell or Satan tells me or not? And my understanding is if the serpent allows himself to be used even in that sense. Because I, I don't think it's demon possession kind of thing. Because if okay. it is, I I wouldn't think that the serpent be, could be held culpable. Yeah, yeah. But because he's done this, now he can be held culpable. And my understanding is there must have been some conscious choice or some kind of uh, willingness to allow Satan to use him. Okay. Does that make sense? I think so. Okay. I, I have a few questions. I okay, think. good. So one question would be, um, if, well, what do you think is happening in those passages then in the New Testament that seem, or even even like one or two you pointed out, like in Isaiah, you yeah. know, like with Leviathan, like what yeah. are these things, what, what what's the meaning of these, um, of connecting yeah. Satan to a serpent then? Is it just because the relationship had such a big impact at the very beginning of, you know, in Genesis and, and the book that like that's kind of a characteristic then they start ascribing to Satan as well, some kind of serpent-like I think so. Likeness. That's, that sounds like at least plausible. Because okay. um, serpents uh, serpents were used in Canaanite religion and stuff mm. like that. And, and my guess is that what happens is that the more serpents are used in these false religion kind of things, that could be seen as a picture of Satan doing that same kind of stuff. Kind of culturally. Yeah. 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 So I'm wondering if that's what happened is as it progressed over time, he keeps getting connected with these false religions mm. and stuff like that. Okay. And so it, it happened that by by the time you get to Revelation now, he's clearly a full-blown picture of this Satan, this serpent, and this twisted dragon or whatever. Yeah. So and Leviathan and, and Isaiah mm-hmm. uh, twenty seven. So I think that's probably what happens is the more it connects with that evilness, now Satan is the almost the embodiment of yeah. evilness. Okay, here's another question. Okay, um, I'm thinking through this. I may answer it as I ask it. I'm okay, not totally that'd, sure. that'd even be great. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, if if the serpent is culpable, does that mean yeah he can think? Or that he sinned first. Oh. That's kind of why, like, is there a logic there? Or is it, I, I, the thought that I was having that may answer it is like, is there kind of a difference here in like a, a beast's, right? you know, going against God's will or something like that rather than like a human? Because obviously the point of the story or the, what, yeah. what I keep saying story, like in the narrative in Genesis 3, yeah. we're focusing on. Adam and Eve, right? Their fall. All I can tell you is that the Romans five twelve, where it talks about that Adam uh, through man sin entered the world. My under- yeah. my understanding is that that's emphasizing in the mankind world. Yeah. Um. I I don't know that there wasn't. I, I 
it, I have no, I would assume it sounds like the serpent does sin first because he's rebelling against God. Well, and like, there's punishment. Yeah. So there's something there. He did something wrong, right? Yeah. So, so, but I, I think the Romans 5 thing is, is he's, he's, God's not really interested in the yeah. in the Romans passage or yeah, Paul's yeah, yeah. not at that point not to uh, emphasize who was the who, where was the very first sin right it's about human yeah, yeah he's more worried about how did sin get into the world and into the humankind world yeah because then he talks about Christ being the one second that's, Adam yeah. yeah of course yeah so it seems like to me that's his emphasis and so you know maybe it was actually if the first sin was by the yeah. serpent yeah it's very yeah it's very interesting yeah, yeah. it's a tough. It's tough to parse out because yeah. I don't think it necessarily, and, and maybe it's not necessary in a way to well, know exactly how all these things. And, and maybe you know. they're so closely tied to the same timing. That, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's all it, one kind yeah. of. Yeah. So maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's my view. Is that is that we've got a serpent because all the curses seem to be towards him mm-hmm. and not on Satan. You know, Satan doesn't crawl in his belly and stuff like that. Right. So I'm assume, assuming that. Well, but the serpent's curse does go to all serpents. Oh, I think so, yeah. The same way the Adam and Eve's curse goes to all humans, I think. Let me explain that a minute. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm not convinced that serpents stood up before this, and now they're all cursed, that they all crawl on the ground. Um, Just like the rainbow. I'm assuming there were rainbows before... Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, before God made the claim, and this this will be a sign for you. Yeah, I think what it is, it's a sign. And once it happens, now this is a sign of them crawling around the the thing. That when people see that, they think, oh, oh, this that is serpent cursed. is cursed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But before that, I think they crawled around and they said, oh, that's a serpent. They that's crawl just on the ground. What they do. Okay. Yeah. So now it has a new significance. I would say. And now, all serpents carry that significance. Yeah, whatever. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there is that dilemma is not everybody are afraid of snakes, you know, because it talks about it. I am. I hate snakes. Yeah, me too. So I'm okay with that. Um, But there's that animosity between serpents and mankind because you got that in the curse there. Yeah. Um, My understanding of that, what that means is that I don't think the serpents have have mentally think, I'm really after man today. I'll see if I can get one of them. Yeah. I think what it is is that there's enmity between man and and serpent. So so it's probably coming from the man's side, but it's still going to be between the relationship between mankind and and serpents. Yeah. And so I think that's why it can say there's going to be enmity between them is most of it's coming from mankind, I think. Mm. A, a serpent will um um you know, um, yeah, you know, try to stay away. You right, know, right, 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 right. Avoid know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that'll be their first response. But then yeah. their second response, if they're in danger, is to attack. And I right. assume that's just a natural instinct that yeah. they have. Yeah. And not really a thinking about it. Right, right, yeah. right, right. A consciousness of like, right. Particularly, I'm going to attack humans or something. Right. Yeah. I still hate them, though. <laughs> There's a. I got to tell you a story now that you said that. <laughs> when I lived in Arizona, yeah, we I, I often rode my bike uh, through this wilderness area, and, and it had rattlesnakes all over it. Yeah. Usually, um, one morning I came through, and there was a there was a rattlesnake that I was like 
I was probably 20 feet away from the thing. He was curled up, ready to attack. And I'm going, mm. man, because usually you don't seem like that, ready to attack from yeah. that far away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I wondered, what is going on? This thing is just really angry today. And uh, later on, I found out there, or saw there was a, a dog that probably had, had got him all riled up. And so yeah. he was all upset. So when I came through, he was already attacking. And it wasn't me. He was after it all, kind of. It was yeah, that, yeah. that dog you that were probably in played with him. Yeah. 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 I got to tell you, two weeks later, <laughs> there was this little one across the bike trail. Yeah. And I was scared. I thought, man, if it's like that last oh, one, yeah. I don't want to go across. So I couldn't find, I couldn't get around him because he was right on the yeah. on, on the trail. Yeah. So I took a little stick and I threw it at him. It didn't do anything. So I thought, <laughs> oh, this one's okay. So I actually rode around, clear, clear around, and he, he didn't do it. But after the two weeks before that, I was scared to death that he was going to attack. <laughs> See, I grew up in Mississippi oh. where there's also snakes, a lot of rattlesnakes yeah. too, like all over. Yeah. It seems there's snakes everywhere. Yeah. And this is going to sound super. All my snake stories make me sound like a real <laughs> country boy, I guess, and I really wasn't. But I was swimming in a pond yeah. with a friend of mine in college, and – it was fairly deep, but we were like, you know, kind of like treading water or whatever. So you can't really, you can see across the surface of the water just barely. Yeah, yeah. And in the distance, it was like, that looks like that could be a snake, oh. could be a stick, but you just can't tell because you can't get any height over it, yeah, right? yeah. you know? And I felt a stick with my foot and oh. I picked it up and I just threw it way up in the air. I kind of lopped it, you yeah. know? And before it hit the water, we saw the object we were looking at disappear like go oh, under yeah and i've never i swam as hard and as fast <laughs> i left my friend it just because you're just like yeah I, you're like they're faster than me and they're dangerous yeah i mean i really do it's just it, there's something deep inside of me yeah that is i am too can't handle it <laughs> it's that enmity what that can i enmity, say enmity yep that's there <laughs> all right we got one more okay here's the conclusions uh i it can't just be a puppet or something like that for Satan because God holds him responsible. Yeah, there has to be some some culpability, culpability or something. Yeah. yeah. And then number two, Satan behind him, egging him on, makes some sense, and maybe even feeding him the lines mm -hmm. on what he say to make it tricky to Eve. That one, that one, in my mind, makes a lot of sense. Okay. And yeah, then, because I think that's a good. I think it was in the second category you brought up of like why would yeah a serpent want to do this on its own? Yeah. 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 And I don't see why that would happen. Yeah. And then the serpent was crafty, the one characteristic that Satan needs to use. So he's going to use that craftiness against mm -hmm. Eve. Yeah. All right. Animals seem to be able to communicate somehow. Uh, and I assume that's how Eve could somehow communicate it before mm -hmm. creation, uh, before sin came in the world. Because it does seem like a fairly complex conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There's detail in there. Yeah. I mean, that's how we know it's the craftiness comes out, right? It's, right. There's half truths. I mean, there's something. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a challenging. So I would yeah. argue that probably Satan is kind of feeding those lines yeah. to the serpent because I don't think the serpent thought through them. I just think yeah. he's responding. And then uh, the fifth one is Eve falls for the deception, and mankind knew. Uh, it, oh, I was arguing that mankind is pretty new at being tempted, hmm. so she falls for the deception. But I'm thinking. She'd never had practice at staying away from sin. And never been deceived before, yeah. potentially. So in her mind, I, don't, I think this was so new, I can understand why it could happen to her. Yeah. So I thought, oh, that's, that's at least in my mind, it made some sense then. I think, I think we should read it very sympathetically. Yeah. 
I think that makes sense. I know I said that Jonah's my favorite yeah, yeah. book earlier, <laughs> and I probably said it on this podcast a dozen times or whatever. <laughs> but I think it's the same thing. You, we should read it sympathetically. There's yeah. something, there's something uh, uh, similar yeah. in how we are and how we respond today to temptation, all these things, you know, that, yeah. that connects us back to yeah. Adam and Eve, you know? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I thought that would be helpful, and I think that then helps us understand the who's that serpent in Genesis three. Yeah, and next week you'd like to talk about the curses. So I would. That's, this is really a direct follow up. Yeah, because we'll talk about the curse of the serpent. I think too, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So we've got that, and then they go into even more. So, uh, but I thought if we got this out of the way first, it would make some sense to then do the curse. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, this is a good one. This is one I think that gets tossed around a lot, and and yeah. people probably have a lot of questions about. But I, I think it's good. We'll get this, and the next week, maybe even more importantly, really the curse. Oh yeah. You know, I think that's really probably where. Yeah. The meat of this is. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, homework is read read the rest of Genesis 3. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, that's good. We'll see you next week. All right, bye-bye.